0: You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day to all the podlings out there in the world of podcasting. Welcome to Behind the Podcast. Whether you're listening, creating, in the industry, or just interested in what's going on in the biz, we have got you covered. Each week, we'll bring you all the hot takes from around the podcasting world and see what connections can be made from across the industry. Trends, business insights, tech innovations, reviews, and recommendations in the world of podcasting. From DM Podcasts, I'm Jules, and with me is Stocks. Mahalo,
1: pod listeners.
0: Let's all change the world by taking a little time to listen. In this week's episode, Joe Rogan and Alex Cooper are no longer exclusive, Spotify narrows their margins, the pod winter continues despite audience increases, Acast blocks YouTube, and iHeart Awards plus stocks and jewels recommend. Docs, here we are for another week, mate. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm very well. It's great to see your face. Yeah, it's been a big couple of days since we lasted our, our last record. Um, yeah, some news dropped, predictably, a couple of days after.
1: Yeah, some massive news. So Saturday morning, Australian time, uh, news broke of Joe Rogan. Renewing his agreement with Spotify. Two of the biggest names, as a matter of fact, uh yeah, podcasting. Cooper. Yeah. Call her Daddy Fame. She didn't renew her deal, but she was the first pebble to drop, I yeah. guess. From so, an uh, exclusivity point of view. Yeah, so Call Her Daddy is no longer exclusive to Spotify. It's still owned by Spotify. Spotify has the exclusive rights to sell yeah. and monetize the podcast. Yeah. And due to that are also exclusively paying Alex Cooper $60 million. Yeah. But uh, it, what this means is it's now going to be available on Apple, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Um, this news was quickly followed by Joe Rogan resigning, which was actually what we finished last episode on speculating on where he might end up or what might happen uh looks like spotify got it done pretty quickly and cleanly for about 250 million dollars yeah uh that's a give or take depending on there's a sort of profit share component to this makes my sense for rogan but it means his podcast is gonna be back on youtube which is huge this is where it spawned this podcast is already the biggest podcast in the world, and it's going to blow everything out of the water. Yeah. Now that's back on YouTube, and now it's available on all platforms. Yeah. So look out, but massive news. But I guess the bigger news is really that this is Spotify saying, we're done. There's no more exclusive podcasts on Spotify. The exclusive model failed. Yeah. It failed for Luminary as well. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the final, final death rattle of that, and- uh, I think it's gonna work for Spotify because they're gonna be able to make more money because you make your more money at the hosting level yeah, of the exactly podcast. Right. So where you host a podcast is uh, where the ads are inserted doesn't matter where people listen to them. You yep. want just as many people listening to it as possible. Yep. And then every time someone listens, the ad gets inserted where you're hosting. So it never made sense to me why they were going down this path. Uh, I know the business case from Daniel Ek was they're going to try and grow uh, subscriptions. Subscribers. To, that to was Spotify. all it was.
0: It was all about getting subs. And it was at a time where you know money wasn't, Costing everyone as much as it is now, and I think. Yeah, you know, cheaper interest it, rates. Yeah, they were just trying to get people on. And it was a it was a punt. It was a gamble, as a lot of people have reported, you know, close to a billion dollars to try and, you know, all things included mm. in this. Well, the flaw for me was always that it wasn't behind the paywall. So, mm.
1: great, you get another person on, your, on Spotify, but you're not getting them to pay. It was never a premium service. Yeah. So, I just never saw the point of this. If you yeah. want to make money, and I think that's what the business is, what Spotify is in for, um, ironically applied a record label style, business model Mm. to a non-record label style industry or to a company that was supposed to break record labels. So very interesting and massive news. I mean, this comes on the back of last week's news about Smartless signing a $250 million deal. Uh, It seems that there's definitely, you say what you want about what's happening in podcasting in the US in terms of dwindling CPMs and businesses going under and consolidating, but if you're a big podcaster, if you're a good podcaster, people want the exclusive rights to sell podcasting. The money from this the, these huge astronomical sums being paid to these podcasters are being paid by companies that believe they can not only recoup this money, yeah. but they can make profit yeah. selling advertising
0: on these shows. Yeah, yeah. With these kind of numbers, you know, they're going to be able to boost what they're what they're asking from advertisers. Even just the fact of of having Joe Rogan, of having um, Alex, there, you know. Advertisers are going to be flocking towards this, right? So they can sell them. They can also sell all of the the other shows that they've got. So you'll note Trevor Noah has come in with a non-exclusive deal. All of these, like that's just out the window now. Um, They've decided to piss that off completely. And look, I'd like to call a victory lap, if I may. I think uh, I speculated maybe they'd get rid of uh, Joe Rogan and and sign Theo Vaughn. That hasn't happened. But I think... I said something about a rev share as well arrangement. I don't know if I did or not. I certainly meant to. Um, If I didn't, we can check back through the records. You know, maybe there's a podcast in in all of the things I didn't say. I'm sure we can clip (laughs) it. I mean, like
1: like two broken clocks, we are right twice a day. Exactly right. (laughs) Um, There is a great article in Semaphore called How Spotify's Podcast Bet Went Wrong. Uh, This is an article from 2021, and it talks about Bill Simmons, who's um, the founder of The Ringer, his fight with chief content officer at the time of Spotify, Dawn Ostroff. And basically, this is when The Ringer was purchased by Spotify. Uh, Simmons fought tooth and nail, basically, to not have The Ringer go exclusive to Spotify, like Gimlet had and like Parkhouse had. And he ended up going over Ostroff's head uh, to Daniel Ek, and he won that battle. And look, I think he's been validated. I think uh, the great success story of the acquisition Spotify has made are Joe Rogan, Call Her Daddy, and And The The Ringer. And... As Simmons has now moved into the role of, you know, big grand bar monetization of Spotify podcasts, mm-hmm. he's clearly got his fingerprints all over this. So I think Bill should be taking a victory lap. And yeah. if Bill's taking a victory lap, uh, Jimmy Mac's probably taking a victory <laughs> lap as well and
0: uh, might be getting a little bit warm in the nether region. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's a talent-led industry. If you've got the talent, then you're going to be able to make these kind of deals and you're going to be able to pull in the advertisers. So while there's been, there has been a lot of consolidation around the industry, it has been probably, you know, they haven't had these tenpole voices, people to be on there with the big names who can pull in this kind of advertising money. Yep. Um, so I think there's going to be a great deal of, of competition out there of people trying to, you know, lock in these great hosts and say, great, they're part of our stable, you know, let's make some money and let's put it out to as many ears as we possibly can.
1: Yes. And uh, Spotify CEO and founder Daniel Ek came out and said that the exclusive ec- exclusivity model served its purpose. Quote, what we've been able to see here as we've been learning over these last few years is that while some of the exclusivity deals worked, generally it wasn't aligned with what the creator wanted. Now, that's I think that's BS. <laughs> I, I, I don't think any of the exclusivity deals worked. Yeah. But... <sighs> It's true, and it's great to hear that he's saying that it's aligned with what the creator wanted
0: because that's key, and I don't think they would have kept Rogan without opening up YouTube. Yeah. Well, look, they absolutely needed to keep Rogan because they were having their... their earnings reporting just soon after this announcement so this was a big win for them to be able to say great we've got him we've got him locked in we're, we're going out to all the other platforms as well this is going to create these whole new revenue streams for us um you know we're going to see some big returns and whilst they weren't quite breaking even on the podcasting business they say that the margin is narrowing <laughs> yeah, they're getting, yeah they're getting closer to their break even point and obviously you know, there's been a lot that's gone into that, not just the re-signing of, of Rogan. Yes. But it's come with a lot of, of tragedy as well, a lot of jobs lost. A lot of jobs lost, yeah, yeah, a lot of layoffs. Look, yeah, you're right. It's perfect time to do this,
1: get these deals done before the quarterly reports. Overall, Spotify narrowed its fourth quarter operating loss despite charges for layoffs related to its efforts to push towards sustainable profitability. Obviously, I'm reading this exactly from what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, the cuts and retrenchments come with although long term it's gonna help you, there is an initial upfront cost that you're paying out these redundancies. And the bottom line was also helped by price increases, cost reductions, and growth in its advertising business. Now, uh, across the business they've gone from uh, up to 236 million paying premium subscribers, that's up from 226, and they have pushed the cost up in a lot of markets for the subscription, so that, that all makes sense. And then they have also gone from six to 602 million active users (MAUs) as they're called, as of the end of 2023, which was up from 574 at the end of the third quarter. Now about podcasting, as you said, Eck was a bit wishy-washy about it, but he just he basically indicated they're close to break even in that business. But without actually giving any sort of figures, he said to get profitability, Spotify will continue to leverage existing audiences for podcasting for greater revenue, while also ending podcast talent deals that
0: weren't working. Yeah, that's about as wishy-washy as you can get. Yeah. But the news is up the top. Share price is up. Job done. Right. That's right. New signings or, or re-signings, and I think look, everyone will be keeping pretty close eye on this over the next couple of quarters and see where it lands. I think people will be expecting some some pretty you know fast turnarounds here. Yes. But we're not completely through the pod winter, as it's been called. Um, anytime we have some good news, it seems like some sad industry news is also just around the corner. Um, and so there have been a couple of extra closures and the layoffs. What do you got? Broccoli Productions has announced its closure. So this was a joint venture with Sony Music Entertainment. This was a really nice company in terms of it was focused on creating high profile podcasts and impactful collaborations that reach millions of listeners they really were guided by their core mission of trying to bring more minority talent uh, both in front and behind the mic so it was quite progressive in that regard but sony just hasn't been able to see the the benefit in keeping this alive and and they've killed it off
1: yeah i mean just a quick look through their website and our shows there's no hits no that's right um so they just didn't
0: couldn't seem to get one away unfortunately and uh, that's really the death knell for this type of thing that's exactly right and acast um purchase of a a company called radio public which is they're now set to close that up so that's going to be taken down the app and then they're going to be driving everyone onto acast's app instead so that was probably just you know get rid of the competition kind of thing and, and keep that moving along Um, And then Pineapple Studios, who we've talked about a bit, they've got a few more layoffs happening. They're owned by Odyssey, who's had their own problems recently and has gone into receivership. So there's a whole bunch of stuff happening there with share buybacks and and all of this sort of thing. Sounds like the administrator is uh, cleaning up toxic assets. That's exactly right. Getting slightly back on the the happier end of the industry, we've got a new Triton U.S. report out. So it's Triton's digital 2023 U.S. podcast report has been dropped in the last week. So a little bit of context on Triton. Triton run the Australian podcast ranker for those people who are uh, familiar
1: with that. Mm -hmm. Now, Triton reports don't include every single podcast in the U.S. or every podcast listened to in the U.S. They include podcasts that have signed up for. Yeah be part of the Triton thing, and pay money to be on it. As is the same with the podcast ranker here. There's plenty of podcasts that are not on that ranker because they have not signed up. All these numbers and figures that we're about to quote relate to US listens only. They don't relate to listens that happen outside the country.
0: Essentially, the podcasting listening and, and the devices and platforms that listeners use are up as well as, you know, Great movement in key demographics. So podcast listeners are younger. They're more educated and more diverse, according to this report, um, which that's is nice. excellent because, that's, you know. it's ticking some boxes you want to hear. That's right. Advertisers love to hear that sort of thing, that there's the young people who are affluent. They've got disposable income. Great. Let's, yeah. let's put so some like products a, in front of them.
1: A Benetton calendar shoot at a uh, Ivy League university.
0: Pretty much, stocks. I think Fantastic. that's exactly what I'm visualizing. Although the older Americans and, and women are catching up and have been listening to podcasts at a faster rate over the past two years as well. So, Outstanding. Yeah. I mean, this is growth in all sectors. 12% growth on monthly podcast users in the last two years. Ding, ding, ding. And 55% of podcasts get fewer than 10,000 US downloads per month.
1: I'd actually look at this the other way and go 45% of podcasts get more than 10,000 US downloads uh, per month. Agreed. Because yeah. I
0: was quite surprised by that and, and that they decided to phrase it that way. It sort of seemed like there was much more of a good news story yeah. there. And, and yeah,
1: Bad job by you, Triton.
0: <laughs> Apple Podcasts gets 45% of all episode downloads and Spotify just 15%, which I was very surprised by.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know if any of the Spotify exclusive podcasts are part of Triton, they're definitely not over here. Mm. So you're probably missing out on all these exclusives and that may change. Let's keep an eye on this next quarter and see if this comes way up.
0: All right, in some other little interesting news around uh, a bit of niggle around the industry, Acast has blocked YouTube. That's the headline, but
1: what it means is we talked recently about how you can take your audio podcast feed and upload it to your youtube channel yeah and it will automatically push any po- audio podcast you release to your youtube channel to be consumed as an audio podcast via youtube or via youtube music but it is hilarious i mean Acast, the company we love to laugh about look they obviously obviously not what they're doing they're yeah. a successful company but they're definitely the black sheep particularly in australia of the podcast industry um and this just uh it, it seems funny when Spotify's going one way, which is um open up, open open it all up yeah. No exclusivity. <laughs> ACAS going no, we're gonna block the biggest podcast platform exactly. in the world. No, exactly. we're blocking you. No, nothing's gonna go on there. <laughs> look, there's third party workarounds that come from this, but this is um, yeah, this is, this is classic ACAST.
0: Yeah. I mean look, they hold the monetization rights to its to their podcasts, um, and they argue that rehosting on YouTube disrupts that structure. Um, they argue that the dynamic ad insertion is a key income source for podcast creators and YouTube's re-hosting of episodes negates the possibility of running DAI ads, impending creators' ability to monetize their content on YouTube. So really, I mean, they're doing it for all the right reasons. They're trying to protect their, Go away, cast, <laughs> their podcasts and, and yeah, stop, stop big bad YouTube from giving them another source of income.
1: Uh, I Heart Podcast Awards. So, yeah. Uh, early March last year, my business partner and head of production, Zanon, and I went over to uh, the I Heart Podcast Awards, which were part of Podcast Movement. It was mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, and it was a week long. I'd like to say conference. Yeah. Also, magic shows and just gl- <laughs> glorious Las Vegas uh, gummies, et cetera, Good times. My um, <laughs> steaks, cocktails, yes. But they had that, and then the next, at the end of that week, we went to South by Southwest, which yeah. ran straight off the back of it. What they've done this year, the iHeart Podcast Awards, is they're actually going to do the awards at South by Southwest. Yes. So instead of doing it at a podcast festival, they're trying to broaden it out and do it South by Southwest. This makes a lot of sense. Uh, at South by Southwest in Austin, there was a high presence of podcasts. There were yeah. live podcasts going on all around the place there. Anyone from Cara Swisher to Rachel Nichols through to IML's um, Australian talent over there, there's a few AFL players. Over there as well, some mm-hmm. Fox Sports guys. So it, it's a great space to. The talent's going to be there, so it might really actually increase the chances of
0: high-profile podcasting talent being uh, present yes. at the Podcast Awards, which is kind of the the big. Coup. I mean, really, you look at some of the people who are nominated, there's a few big names in there. Yeah, run, run us through who the Podcast of the Year norms are. So we've got Crime Junkie, The Daily, My Favourite Murder, New Heights, Normal Gossip, On Purpose with Jay Shetty. That's a Stock's favourite I believe. No, I like his meditations though. Oh, okay. I like his seven minute meditations on, on um, the Calm
1: app. I can't deal with the long form. Okay, okay. Yeah, Alright.
0: Yeah. Well, we've also got the Retrieval, Scamander, and these are the big names here. We've got Smartless and Wiser Than Me with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. The <laughs> Apple Podcasts. with 2023. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I think like any of these award ceremonies, you know, be it the Golden Globes, the Emmys, like whoever, you'll always notice that they have a few people who are nominated for very niche awards just to try and get Mm. them along, or new awards that are created to try and get the Margot Robbies and of the world along, where they might not necessarily be nominated Mm. for the prime awards. So this is no different. I mean, they're doing it at an event, which will get a lot of eyeballs. These guys obviously know the, the benefits of being in front of these kind of people. It's a big industry event. Mm. So they're going to hope, for them in particular, um, the guys from Smartless and Julia JLD, turn up to see if they take home the gong. Definitely. Look, on, this is fantastic. On the downside, uh, know that the
1: podcast awards in Sydney, uh, yeah. the Australian Podcast Awards were held in Sydney last year were exorbitantly overpriced. Yeah. I've had that rant. I think as a uh, level down, as a sort of grassroots podcaster who's doing amazing things and what this industry was built on, it's quite expensive to enter the podcast awards. You have to pay to enter. And then if you get nominated, you have to pay for your ticket to go to the awards. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now moving us to Austin during South by Southwest, it makes this unreachable for many, uh, many mm-hmm. sort of grassroots podcasters because South by Southwest is the type of thing where you're probably booking your accommodation three to six months in advance. Yeah, if you want to be smart and not get bent over and not be staying out of town. Yeah, and then travel there's not going to be easy as well. And it's it's a very busy time to try and find yeah, it's a essentially room. Essentially, become the Coachella of, of you know, yeah yeah. That's industry. right. It's yeah exactly. So on the downside, the average John and Jenny podcaster they're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to be actually ruled out of showing up to these podcast awards. Yeah. So, nah, you know, there's the the growth and lovely of the emification or the grammification mm. of podcasting, mm. on the flip side, a lot of people are missing out. Just like you and I aren't going to the didn't go to the Grammys yesterday. Yeah. A lot of people went. I had the it off attendance. my ticket. I had
0: one but I I passed it off. Well, if you were in Scotland, you
1: would have had the flight right? probably. Yeah.
0: It is another sort of move in this standardization of podcasting. And I think iHeart is trying to get out here and be the the premier, you know, voice in podcasting and and the one who's giving out the awards essentially. So it's listed obviously on their site as saying iHeart are the number one podcast publisher globally, um, which is according to PodTrack. So, PodTrack is the leading podcast measurement and analytics company, measuring over a billion podcast downloads a month. So, I haven't dug deeply into see how, you know, in bed uh, with PodTrack iHeart is, um, but that would be interesting to see because that's certainly a big claim. But yeah, if they can be the ones, you know, it's there at South by Southwest, it's iHeart. They've got YouTube doing the live stream. So they're three really big names. And I think that's certainly a, a big play to say we are the, the premier destination for, you know, podcast. What would you call it? Like ranking for the awards. Like mm. this is the one that counts. YouTube live is a really, really key thing. Yeah. And they'll put a lot of money behind it.
1: And they can make this a very cool activation. A lot of people want to get around, yeah. non podcast people want to get round to South by Southwest. Yeah. There's a million things on at South by Southwest. There's too many things on. You just. It, it is at times uh, an analysis paralysis of too many choices, but this is the type of thing I think people would actually be attracted to yeah. over some of the smaller things that are going on at the time. So all in all,
0: uh, I think it's a smart move. Yep. Well, all the other categories and nominations are up on the site, so we'll chuck that in the show notes and you can go and have a look.
1: Great. Now on iHeart, I have a podcast recommendation, which yes. is an iHeart podcast. aha.
0: Uh-huh. We've both listened to this, actually, I think, just independent of each other. Oh, that's
1: right, yes. Uh, Have you
0: finished it? I have now, have you?
1: Yes. should we say what it is? Uh,
0: Look, it's uh, Who Killed JFK? So this is a big, pretty much as big as true crime podcasts get, right? This is the ultimate mystery.
1: This is the biggest murder mystery in American history. Yeah, 60 years
0: on from the actual event. And this kind of a massive story will attract some massive names. And none really are bigger in the world of storytelling than Rob Reiner. He's teamed up with award-winning journalist journalist Soledad O'Brien. So Rob Reiner, a lot of you may or may not know. I guess you you know for a while he was absolutely a household name. He's been a bit quieter recently. But oh,
1: let's roll off some of the movies he's directed. Yeah, Princess Bride, Stand by Me, This Is Spinal Tap, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally. I mean, the guy was eighties, nineties, uh, early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, a
0: child actor. He's acted in a lot of these shows, in the shows and movies as well. He's a writer. He's absolutely a genius guru when it comes to storytelling. And this has been his latest endeavor. And this, this has been something that he states captivated him since he was a young young person. He remembers seeing it live on TV and having that sort of just embedded in his mind and being obsessed with finding out the truth ever since. He's a, a master storyteller. Uh,
1: if you don't know who he is, I look him up, but you. For the younger listeners out there, he played Max Belfort, Jordan Belfort's dad in in (laughs) Wolf of Wall Street. Street. He's an absolute Mr. Hollywood. He said JFK assassination happened when he was, I think, 14 or 16 years old, around that age. So very formative years for him. It's a very interesting podcast. At the beginning, I felt like it was a bit boomery when I listened to it, but then realized uh, the production was very good, yeah. very high quality, and I really liked some of the things he did, and, and I think we're going to take some of these elements from a lot to learn from how he does it, but they're telling quite a complex story with lots of different names you've never heard of, yes. and he's very good at breaking it down and just assuring you on the way. So Rob will drop in over the top and say, hey, remember this name, it's, it's quite important, mm. or as they're sort of talking about a name, mm. or he'll, they'll deliver eight or nine names uh, within a couple of minutes he goes look I know there's a lot of names yeah it's a bit of overload you don't need to know about these ones just you hear about it now but they'll all come on later as well so yeah. sort of telling you when you're getting a bit overloaded yeah, he's signposting. gone he's gone and listened to it and gone oh gee are people going to stress out about that and he's got enough of that sort of ear for the audience to go okay yeah. look that's a few names but don't worry we'll go through it in more detail later
0: yeah it definitely helps i mean you you recognize when they come back up later you 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 have those little alarm bells go off. And you're like, oh shit, yeah, he was, he was mentioning them earlier. It's time to tune back in. Yes. Because it is information overload. But I think something that was quite interesting in the way that they delivered it between the two of them, between um, between Rob and, and Soledad, is it was really like a, a legal case. They were lawyers presenting their case just going through all of the evidence methodically in a way that, you know, they were almost speaking to us, the jury, if you will, and just delivered in a really interesting way. And, you know, they had their opening argument. They talk constantly about what they're going to get to so you know what to look out for as they're working through. And then they recap as it goes through. So you're being told what you're going to hear, you recognize it when it happens, and then you recapped at the end. So it just really solidifies in your brain box. No surprise that this is from the man who did courtroom
1: drama, A Few Good Men. Exactly. Exactly. we want the truth and we can handle it <laughs> <laughs> and look there's a little bit of he's obviously quite uh, pilled in a certain direction of this yeah. and does every once in a while maybe not leave facts at the door but go into personal rants a little bit yes. and that's fine yes. um, it's all coming from a place of passion uh, it very much contextualised things I am what do you say? A bit of a junkie. Obsessive, I'm, yeah. yeah. I love, I, I, I'm very open to a JFK conspiracy yeah. uh, documentary. It's sort of a siren song for me. It just lures me in. So with the 60th anniversary, there was a, a ton of content and I did subscribe to some streaming services for 7.0 yeah. Trials just to watch yeah, some yeah. things. But I wouldn't by any way say that I'm a, someone who can speak in an authority on this topic. And I learned a lot from yeah, this podcast. Absolutely. And it's under, it's half hour episodes. It's so snackable. Yeah. Uh, and they have two sort of follow up bonus episodes, which are under ten, sort of about 10 minute yeah, mark. That's right. I really enjoyed it. It was so easy to consume. Pretty much got through it in three days. Yep. Well, you know, it inspired
0: it. me to go and fire up Disney Plus and, and start watching JFK again yesterday. So oh, wow. <laughs> I managed to get through about halfway of that three hour marathon. And maybe I'll polish it off tonight. We'll see.
1: Brilliant Brilliant. brilliant well look i highly recommend that podcast we've both chewed through it so if you like any of the stuff we listen to give this one a go
0: all right buddy let's get you out of here yeah that's it for another week thank you mandy for jumping in and producing as always you do a stellar job at making us sound great all
1: right mate we might get one more in before
0: you go back let's try and do that all right take care see you bud